You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to the Kane Strain Podcast. It's another week here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Before we get into things, I want to tell you about DraftKings. All right? Pigskin fans. Moment you've been waiting for all season is right around the corner, and DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. Uh, I don't know what your financial situation is, But I'm pretty sure $55 million is probably in the realm of the amount of money you would like to add to your net worth, right? All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings free, that's right, free, as in you don't have to pay, Super Bowl Prediction Challenge. Once you submit your picks, you'll get a free instant prize up to $25,000. Wow, that's a lot of money as well. If you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. So all you gotta do is be right about stuff, you know? I bet you a lot of, a lot of you out there, you know, go into these Super Bowls every year and you're like, I know what's gonna happen. Well, tell DraftKings what you think is gonna happen and you could win a $1 million. Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like who will score last, and boom, get ready to make it rain. Who will score last? Dude, not that hard of a question to answer, right? Just pick somebody. Easy as can be. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, and so they know a thing or two about big paydays. $7 billion, dude. So that's like a dollar to every person on earth. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh, so download the DraftKings app now. Use the promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use the promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions reply. <laughs> restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Again, that's DraftKings and promo code THPN. Thanks, DraftKings. Uh, that jersey contest is still going on. So go check out the brackets at HockeyPodNet. You can find those there. You can also find, um, you know, my retweets of that at Canes Train Pod. Go vote for the Canes uh, or your favorite team, whoever that is. I'm hoping it's the Canes, but you know, maybe it's somebody else. That's fine too. Go retweet those, share them away, uh, vote for your team. You know, whoever gets to the end gets to give away a jersey. So hopefully it's your favorite team. Hopefully it's the Hurricanes. Um, this week I or today I guess. Uh, I got to speak to Ben Swain. You know him from Sports Channel 8, uh, 99.9 The Fan, morning show over there. Super uh, fun person, great personality. I really love to see it in sports uh, broadcasting when somebody's got a little bit of a personality, so he's a fun guy to talk to. Uh, and he knows hockey, so it's always nice as well to talk to somebody who you know loves the game of hockey. Hurricanes fan as well. 
So enjoy that conversation. I will leave you with it right now. Go uh, like, I always say like, I don't think you could do that. Go subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, everywhere you can do it like that. Um, share the heck out of it. Follow at Kane's Train Pod. Don't forget you can call us, leave a voicemail at 912-289-7882. You can text that number as well. Um, and you can always ask a question to at Kane's Train Pod on Twitter. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the rest of this episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. I have here with me this week Ben Swain. You might know him from Sports Channel 8 on 99.9 The Fan. Um, how you doing, Ben? I'm doing great. Doing great. Uh, surviving the craziness uh, for now, at least. I'm hoping everybody out there is staying safe. I know it's been uh, a big topic this week among the Hurricanes organization. But uh, yeah, stay, staying safe and hope you hope you are as well. Yeah, staying as safe safe as we can here. Um, so obviously, we were just talking about this right before we started recording. It was it would be nice if we had you know more games or something to talk about as this comes out. But uh, as you may very well be aware of, if you're listening, uh, the Hurricanes have had some games postponed. Five players right now on the COVID protocol list. I also feel like half the things we say are likely to be outdated by the time this comes out. Right. On <laughs> so who knows? But all we can do is talk about what we know right now. Um, seems like the Hurricanes won't be playing until sometime the week this comes out. Uh, they're going to have to reschedule that stuff. They can't even practice right now. I'm, I would assume that probably opens back up um, you know, the weekend before this. But who knows right now? A lot of unknowns as uh, in the rest of our lives. Um, how, do you, how, how much do you think that affects? Like, what, would you, what, how, what would that do for you if you're a player and you're like, oh, we finally got things back together and now – here we are again in a similar situation, even though it's probably for a shorter time, obviously. But yeah, I think uh, the, the timing of it is not ideal, right? Like if we were a month or two into this and you get a little bit of a break, it might be welcomed because it's going to be such a grind this year. But going from, uh, you know, the excitement of, of kicking the season off and, and getting back on the ice finally and, and playing in, uh, professional hockey games for the first time in a long time. And then all of a sudden it stops. Uh, you know, I definitely want to keep it focused on uh, hockey here, but we see not a lot here locally with, with college basketball. The players have said it's a grind on them to prepare to play a game. And then, you know, the day or two before they're about to play, they're, they're told, Oh, oh yeah, we're, we're not going to be playing for another week or, or, or two. And it, it's a, it, it definitely takes a toll. So I think, um, you know, again, this being at the beginning of the season, it it just it sucks for these guys who, uh, you know, obviously we're so excited to get back out on the ice and play games. Right. I mean, all I can think about is when I was growing up playing, um, and the worst thing ever was being excited, like, all right, we got a game on Thursday, whatever, and then Wednesday comes, and they're like, oh yeah, we had to postpone it. There was nothing. There was nothing worse growing up as a as a kid who played sports than that game getting pushed back and you're like, oh man, now what am I going to look forward to? So yeah. uh, I'm sure it's similar for a professional, except it's even worse because it's like your job and you're like, I'm just trying to do my job and they're, you know, making it more difficult. So that's yeah, we went through, we that a little bit yesterday. Um, so I'm, I'm, in, I'm involved with the, with the junior hurricanes. Um, I'm a, a parent and a coach and a, a board member there. Um, and then yesterday when the announcement came out and they were shutting down the training facility, we were all like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute, is that, is that us too? And, uh, and kind of went through that. Um, luckily, we're still, we're still on the ice. The, the shutdown was really about the, you know, the players area and the, the workout facility. But 
No, it's it's spot on, man. Everybody's been through this before when you're looking forward to something and then it gets pulled away. Uh, it's tough. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's let's uh, stop bumming everybody out, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can talk for a sec about the hockey that the Hurricanes have actually played so far. Um, I want to get your thoughts first on that on that little series against Detroit. Um, you know, what what were your takeaways from from how the team played in both those games? I mean, they they look like a team that hadn't played any games yet. Even the the 3-0 win was a little sloppy, and there was plenty to take away from from that. They need to do uh, better. Um, and and then the second game was uh, a, a continued struggle there. I I think you'll see that a lot. I'm I'm really interested to see these back to backs. I think the schedule is intriguing in in that sense because. Uh, you, you play one game and then the next game you're playing the same team. And we always see this in playoff series that uh, it just changes the mentality entirely for both teams that second game. And, and I think we saw a little bit about that or a little, a little bit of that in Detroit where uh, the Canes maybe felt like, Hey, we just played, you know, a, a B plus game and kind of dominated statistically and won the game three to nothing we can get away with another B plus game uh, tonight. And uh, that, that wasn't obviously uh, the case. And and I think hopefully they learned a lesson that night about uh, consistency and, and what they need to do uh, night in and night out. That, that was my biggest takeaway from, from Detroit. I, I'm not going to put too much weight into the hockey because I do think that, you know, everybody's still getting their legs, but I, I do think that was the lesson that they probably learned in that series. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I wasn't uh, I wasn't ultra impressed by what I saw in the Detroit series, but again, I mean, there's no you just jumped into a season after all the weirdness. It's it's like you can't even really make a judgment call. You just hope you win games. Like right. how, how the team plays, even if they played really well, I'd be like, I don't know that it matters until they do it for you know five games at least. Um, but yeah, it's it, it a little sloppy. Obviously, that second night, Detroit. I thought Detroit really brought it. Honestly, I thought it was uh, a lot of credit to them playing well like i mean their star players were the best players and so that's going to win you games in the nhl most of the time if you have the best players on the ice on your team that's going to do it for you um but the hurricanes also helped that out by uh not really not really playing up to their game and what we're used to seeing from them um but as we move forward to that one game we got at least against nashville uh personally i thought that the team looked better there was stretches where uh, it was give and take. I thought that it was a pretty even game. Uh, you know, Nashville maybe outplayed the Hurricanes slightly at times, but then I thought the Hurricanes went back and outplayed them a lot as well. Um, so what, what were your thoughts on that? Is it is it similar to, you know, what I just mentioned? Were you a little more impressed with the game against Nashville than Detroit? Yeah, the, I thought the speed looked better. Um, I, I thought the Hurricanes looked slow in, in Detroit, and, and I don't know if that was a product of Detroit just being fast. But uh I felt like the Canes looked like they had better speed in that Nashville game. I thought the first period of both teams were kind of figuring each other out. And again, going back to uh, the the playoff type schedule, we see that in playoff series. The, the first game, or, or certainly the first part of the first game, is feeling out the other team. And uh, I thought both teams did that. And then once you got into the second period and settled in a little bit, I thought the Hurricanes played really well. And, and I, I was uh, – I was pleased with their performance. I thought defensively they were a lot more clean in that national game than they were in Detroit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I thought it was a good game. It was very fast. Uh, I was honestly surprised that it was so fast because Nashville is a team to me that's been slowing down over the years. But, I mean, obviously they've got guys that can play at that level, and it was pretty obvious. Um, but I thought it was a good test for the Hurricanes playing a team that uh, 
you know, is I would expect to compete for a playoff spot. I don't know if Nashville's top four in this division or not. Uh, you know, after seeing them once, honestly, I was like, I could definitely see them three or four easily with with what they have on the roster. But they're a team to me that has been like they peaked, you know, and they're kind of on the the downslope, but still obviously really competitive. So I thought it was a good measuring stick uh, for the Hurricanes. I also thought that Nashville missed out on like a lot of opportunities like i think to the victor arvidson i think he had a breakaway and he just like completely whiffed like i don't know what what yeah. happened to him on that play but uh i thought the hurricanes got lucky a few times and then james reimer was was really really good um which i guess is something we can jump into uh what happened to the hurricanes biggest uh biggest pitfall was going to be their goaltending uh it seems yeah, like been, early on not the, the brightest spot like outside of of Svech being Svech. I, I think it's yeah. probably the biggest bright spot so far has been uh, the, the goalkeeping, um, you know, Morozik didn't have much to see the first night, but when he did face shots, they were high danger shots and he did a good job with that. And, and even in the loss, I thought he did a good job in the second game. And, you know, Reimer obviously uh, made some, some big saves. Uh, and as you mentioned, got lucky a few times with, with posts. Um, but still, I, I, I'm I'm not I'm one to credit the goalie for a shooter hitting a post because it means yeah, that not a lot of the goal to see. So, um, so he, you know, I, I thought he looked he, he looked really good, and and uh, it's and, and you mentioned Nashville. The first thing that jumps out to your mind is they've got a good goalie that's going to keep them in a lot of games. And I thought Rene let in a couple goals that should have never been goals, and uh, and and meanwhile Reimer was uh, was doing a good job on the other end. So yeah, I'm. I'm excited about the way the, the Hurricanes goalies have played so far, and it definitely changes the ceiling for this team if those guys are able to keep that up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think that such a key component every night is whether you can be even or better in goaltending and then let your players have a chance to win the game. If your goaltending's, if the other team's goaltending's better than yours, you're you're like starting from negative one, right, instead of zero. So I think that the Hurricanes goalies have been even or better in every game they've played. I almost would give them just better in every game they've played, even though, um, you know, game one, like you said, Peter Mrazek wasn't super busy, but he, I think he ended up facing more high danger chances than Thomas Grice did. So, uh, you know, he had to, he had to be on his toes. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I fielded so many, everyone I've talked to that isn't, you know, around the hurricanes when we've talked about the hurricanes before the season started brought up, you know, well, I don't know about their goal. T- I mean, I've heard that, so many times i can't i can't even count the amount of times i've heard that my response has always been i don't know that uh the people here who have seen these guys play now for a couple of years and have seen Morozik especially for a few years now um are as worried as the rest of you are because it's again one of those things where people make a lot of judgment calls on the hurricanes on the national level where you can just tell like i don't i don't think you watch this team consistently yeah. like i'm sure you know exactly what i'm talking about that happens a lot so uh i think the hurricanes goalies are better than most people give them credit for uh and i think it has a lot to do with the team in front too i mean like it's they're gonna the, the way they play the defense is involved a lot so you know they're gonna make mistakes um but i think that so far they've been able to count on their goalies bailing them out when they need to i don't know that every other team in the nhl could say that their goalies have been able to do that so like to me, I think we're we're in a pretty good spot with goalies. I'm not worried about it at all. No, and, and I think the schedule again tends to to favor uh, Reimer and, and Morozik because the Hurricanes don't have a goalie that you can lean on for the bulk of an entire season. And we still haven't seen, you know, last year in the in the playoffs. I, I think 
a struggle for the Hurricanes is they didn't have a goalie that necessarily could carry them through an entire playoff series. But if you're talking about these little two mini, you know, mini two game stretches, uh, you know, a shortened season with 56 games. So like these guys are going to get you know, 20, 30 starts at most. Both of these goalies are capable of putting together 20 or 30 really good starts. It's when you start getting into the forties and the fifties that you don't have a superstar, but I think it benefits the hurricanes that there isn't a draw. It, it's, it's, it, it, it might, instead of being like a one, a one B, it might be a two, a two B, but that <laughs> helps them uh, in, in the way that this, this schedule um, is set up. And and I think that you might start seeing like a Tampa that has an absolute superstar in, in goal. But uh, you know, once, once you go to the bench and you start having to throw in, throw in a backup, I, I don't know that you're going to get anywhere close to the same level of, of goaltending that you would get. Uh, otherwise, and so maybe that's a benefit for the Canes. Um, so I, I, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna clown hockey media necessarily for saying that the Hurricanes do have a, a goalie problem. I, I think it's more or less uh, not being able to adjust that opinion for what we have this year uh, with the hockey schedule. I think it helps the Hurricanes tremendously to have two guys who are good enough to go start on any given night because that's what the regular season is going to present to us this year. Yeah, honestly, I think that Andre. Va- First of all, if you if I had to pick a goalie, like if you had to tell me who's who's top goalie in the NHL, my pick personally would be Andre Vasilevsky, um, just because to me he's the most consistently really good. Like I just feel like every night you're getting a really good goalie in that, and they do lean on him a lot. But to me, a guy like that that it's able to do that one during the regular season and put up amazing numbers. Obviously, his team's really good. He's not you know getting hung out to dry left and right. He's got Victor Hedman back there. <laughs> it's not going to happen. But um, to be able to do that for a large portion of the regular season and then all of the playoffs. I mean, uh, McElhaney didn't play at all in the playoffs last year. So that is kind of an anomaly, though. Like, I feel like we've seen the opposite happen way more. A guy, I mean, think back to like the Rangers when they were in the Stanley Cup. You know, Henrik Lundqvist is like getting beaten to the ground playing so many games. And then by the end of it, it's like, oh, is Hank like, what's going on with him? It's like, well, he's probably... He's probably out of gas. He's been yeah. having to play 90% of your games. I just think that the the one superstar goalie and a backup that you don't even know their name isn't like going forward. I don't think that's the model. I think that the I think that the two capable even goalies are a better model to me. And I feel like that for two reasons. One, because of salary. Because if you dump, you know, seven to eight million dollars in one goalie, all you can get, all you can afford if you want to balance your roster and not just be a goalie centric team is you know a backup that's like a replacement level backup maybe a fringe nhl goalie if anything uh whereas if you have two you know three four million dollar guys in goal those should both be goalies that are capable of starting i mean you're thinking of you know exactly what we have a a james a james reimer peter morazic type goalie who's like gonna get you games you know um so i like that i also like that the team can play the same game in front of both guys. I don't know if you have like a, you know, a superstar goalie and then a, a okay backup who's like not quite up to par that your team plays the same way. I mean, think back to when it was Cam Ward and Scott Darling in net and Scott Darling was really going through struggles. It was very notable how much differently the team played in front of Cam than they did in front of Scott. And it's because Cam was more of a, you, you kind of trusted him more. When you don't trust the goalie in net, like your team just teams to, team tends to switch up their play and that just doesn't work at all. Right. So 
I like that they can play the same style and that they can trust both these guys in net. And they do have different styles, but like they both complement the team in different ways. So I, I honestly, I like the way the Hurricanes have it set up. I was someone who didn't really want to see them trade for a goalie because I didn't think that you'd either one lose a capable backup, right? You'd lose your two goalie situation that I think is beneficial. And I don't know that anyone you could trade or pick up in free agency was a notable upgrade. Like why risk switching things up when you know what you have has worked? You've made the playoffs multiple years in a row. Like it obviously has worked. Right. No, I think you're on something and, and, you know, we, we joke about it all the time. The the fact that the hurricanes won a game last year with, with a Zamboni driver in the net. Like that's a perfect example of they They can do it. They literally played the same way in front of David Ayers that they play in front of Peter Morozik and James Reimer. They they played the entire third period in the Leafs end, and and that's just that's what they do. Um, and, and so I think you know you see something like that, you you see the the success that you have with with goalies like Reimer, McElhaney, Morozik, and and you don't need to break the bank to go get you know, the, the Mark andre Fleury or whoever else might be out there for a, a big uh, acquisition. You just, you don't need to do that. Yeah. Well, also show me a team with a really good goalie. I'll show you a fan base that a big portion of them hates that goalie over oh, a yeah. couple of years. Like it's just, because it's, it's inconsistency. I mean, I talked to uh, Sean McIndoe from The Athletic and he, one of my favorite quotes he said was goaltending is voodoo. And I mean, like it, it's true. Like it is, it's a, it's such a weird thing. It's so it's such a mental, it's the most mental position because you're the only person there. Like there's no one, if you're a defenseman and you have a bad game, you have your partner to lean on where you're not directly like ruining the game for your team. If you're a goalie and you have a bad game, like you, you lose the game for your team. Like it's just such a, such a position that requires a different mental you yeah. know, state. And that's why I think that goalies tend to be the oddballs in the, in the locker room. If you, if you know what I mean, because it's just a different, it's so different. Uh, and I don't know that having to rely on one guy is, is, beneficial for that guy or the team so no i'm with you Uh, you. yeah i want to i want to jump real quick to players and um, maybe some guys that the hurricanes will need to lean on this year because i think we can probably agree there was some guys be it you know newer acquisitions or guys that were around for the whole season last year that maybe struggled a little too much uh and could have made a pretty big impact had they been able to provide some depth scoring or just some good two-way play um I want to get your list of like who are who are maybe two or three guys you're you're kind of looking at this year to say like I want to see them do better and that will lead to a lot more success for the team this year. Yeah, I think the the first one is is easy and and I would say it's Benson Trocheck um and and because we desperately need a second line center that can you know be productive. Um it, and I don't care how he scored his first goal, um, but the fact that he's got two goals in three games is tremendously encouraging. Uh, he's he's third among forwards in ice time. He leads the team in shots on goal. He's like fifty percent in the faceoff dot, I believe. Um, and and so that's that's somebody that I'm excited to see how quickly they jumped out of the gate because he needed it. It wasn't like he was bad last year. I felt like he was really unlucky last year. Um, mm-hmm. And so to see, you know, some of those bounces uh, come his way, whether it be a, a deflection in front of the net or a loose puck um, in transition where he had, you know, that absolute snipe of Arena in, in oh, yeah. Nashville. Um, I think that's probably the guy that jumps out to me as the most important. Um, you know, Nino, obviously, uh, is is one that's, 
uh, needs to score goals for this team. And, and the fact that he's got two and three games is nice as well. And then the, <clears throat> the flip side of that, the, the third one is Ryan Dezingle. Um, he, he has not attempted a shot on goal since his goal in, in the first game. He, he's one for one on the year, which is great. But it, it, there's, there's no, even if you are a fourth-line winger, you should have more than one shot on goal in three games. And, and uh, I think that <clears throat> that is one that concerns me right now is, uh, you know, can, can he do what we're asking him to do, uh, especially when Brock McGinn, Mark, Brock McGinn has not been great um, to, to start off off the year. You know, there's there has to be somebody on that fourth line that's going to do something, and, and he, he hasn't done it yet, so I'm a little concerned about that. Um, and then the one uh, looking at the blue line uh, in, in our household, the, the guy that nobody likes is Jake Gardner, um, and, and he's been excellent to start off the season. So I, I think uh, – you know, when you, when you think about Carolina, you obviously think about Pesci and Slavin and Dougie and, you know, all, all the all the really top-end guys on, on the blue line. And, and, you know, Jake Gardner was well-known when he came in. Um, and everyone felt like that was a great deal and a great bargain for him. And, and I think he did more harm than, than good last year. Uh, it just may be the style of play fit. But he's been really good this year. So whatever he's done to – change his game or, or fit into the system, keep doing that because he's been, he's been really good this year. Um, and then, uh, and then the other acquisition would be Brady Shea, who I, I would like to see more in between from him because I think you either see a play that you're like, you know, Holy crap, that is, that's high level stuff. And then, you know, giving the puck away behind the net or, or you know, something along those lines. So I, I'd like to just see more, average from Brady Shea. Um, but but I, I think you, you can easily see why the Canes moved to get him. And and, and I think the way that he skates and, and his speed is is good for that back line. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd like to see a little bit more from him. Yeah, honestly, so your list is pretty much exactly my list. Uh, I would say the same forwards for sure. Uh, and I would say that I think that Vincent Trocek has top been one of the Hurricanes top three forwards so far in the first couple games of the season. Uh, I thought that he was good last year. I just thought that, like you said, he maybe didn't get the bounces um, and, you know, lacked a little bit of finish. And maybe that's just you can you can chalk that up to confidence in a new system. I mean, he did. We all feel like Vincent Trocek has been on this team for so much longer than he has because of how much time went by. But the reality of it is he played, what, like 20 games with the Hurricanes right. before the season. So, like, it's really you, you can't even make a judgment call to me. Uh, but I think he's been really good. He's he's really shown the the high level of skill that he has. Uh, he can easily be a, a 2C um, on any team in the league, I think, if he's performing at his best. I mean, he's been an all-star caliber player before. So I think that he's finally starting to get his confidence back, which I, I made a big deal of that. I thought that it was huge for the Hurricanes to have Nino Niederreiter, Ryan Dezingle, and Vincent Trocek with goals in the first couple of games of the season uh, because you just want to start off with confidence. Like, those guys have the skill. You know they do. You've seen them have success before. That doesn't go away. It's like the next year after they have success, they just forgot how to do that. Uh, it just ends up being such a mental thing. Like when you're on the ice, you you don't want to shoot the puck if you don't think you can score. So if you think you can score, you're going to score more. You just are. Like it's just how it works. If, you, if you're not confident in your, in your abilities, you're not going to try things and you're going to force plays that aren't there, you're just going to make mistakes. So I think that getting the confidence earlier is huge for those guys. Um, I agree with the Zingle. I think that it's it's a lot of 
can you do what we need you to do? Like the what the Hurricanes have asked him to do here is different than anything he's ever had to do before. He's he's been a part of, you know, good lines but bad teams. Uh, like you know, an Ottawa team that what did he have to do? Uh, score. I mean, like they they just were like, hey, go do you. It doesn't really matter. We're gonna lose most of our games anyway. Right. You guys can just you know we'll put you three out there. You just wow the world, and then we'll sell you off at the end of the year. And that's exactly what happened. All three of those guys went to different teams. Um, and you know, Dzingla, I just don't, I don't know if he can commit to being that role energy player. I think that he's got the skills for it. He just has to be willing to go to the dirty areas. Like he's got the speed. He can be a pest. I don't know if he's willing to be a pest and not a top six scorer, but I think that he can do well in that role. And if he does, I think that he could still put up enough goals to really contribute as a, as a depth forward. Um, it'll just be, you know, whether he's willing to accept that that's his role or if he decides like, you know what, I'm just going to bide my time here and go somewhere else where I can, you know, play in a higher role and just score goals. And if we win, we win. If we don't, we don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. That's, that's his decision really. Um, on the defensive end, Shea for me is a guy that I look at a lot. Um, I've talked multiple times about, he's just going like, I agree exactly with what you said. I would love average. Like, can you just make less mistakes and you can take that and balance it with the great plays? Like just be more consistent. That's, that would be fantastic. I don't know if he's capable of doing that, to be honest with you. I think that Brady Shea is going to be a guy where you're going to be like, what was that? And then later you're going to be like, Oh, that was nice. Like, it's not, there's, there's going to be less in between (laughs) with him. Like, I think that he's just the type of player that, he he makes decisions quickly and they're not always the best decisions but sometimes they lead to really good plays and sometimes you're like you just passed it to the other team right in front of our net and basically gave them a one-timer on our goalie so that wasn't great but then later he's like the fastest skater in the world out of the zone and just blows by everybody and sets someone up for a nice play so it's like well i mean if you can do that enough you make up for it it's just can he make up for all his mistakes i think that in some games this season he has like i would say in two games he's been better than he was bad i would say in uh the second detroit game i think it was i would say that he was worse than he was good like he made a few mistakes that were like not okay to make and then he didn't really shine enough to make up for it so um those are those are my guys i i'd agree with you i think we're on the same page with that and i think that they're going to heavily influence how much success the hurricanes have this year i think that they're a playoff team no matter what but talk about taking the next step if you're not going to change your roster then what has to happen is the guys on the roster have to step up to the next level. Um, so speaking of that, you mentioned this earlier, uh, Andre Svechnikov. If we're going to talk about a guy stepping up to the next level, I mean, does he have a ceiling? Are, like, have are we about to see him just explode on this league? What do you what do you think about him? I, I hope so because I have so much fun watching him play, and and he deserves all of the attention that that he can possibly get, and it's. It's funny, I, I, ESPN, which, you know, whatever with their hockey coverage, but they, they put out a list of 100 players, uh, their top 100 before the season. And they had Svetch kind of buried uh, uh, definitely below 50, and I want to say it was like either 70s or 80s. And they used the word gimmick in in his uh, little blurb. And again, if you're not in Carolina, probably all you know about Andrei Sveshnikov is he got knocked out, knocked out by Alexander Ovechkin and scored two across And that's that's all you know about this guy. But he he does he does so much on both ends, um, and just the, the, the speed and, and power and confidence that we've seen uh, on the offensive end. Um, I mean, keeping in mind that one of Trocheck's goals was literally just 
Svetch's shot bounced off of him in front of the net. Like, he went in and it just hit his jersey and, and went in. So it's it's uh, it's his goal. But it, he's he's dominant, and it's so much fun to to see it. And uh, yeah, I don't know what I don't know what his ceiling is. Um, but he's a guy that the Hurricanes can build around for for years. And and I hope I hope they sign him for a billion dollars, and I hope they sign him for a billion years. Yeah, uh, same here. Because man, he's just—he's such a joy to uh, to have around. Yeah, how much better has his English gotten this year too? Like, have you noticed that as much as I have? He's like so much better in press conferences and stuff. And I don't think he went home, right? Did he stay here over the offseason? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm sure that had a, had a lot to do with it. But, <laughs> but like, yeah, just talk about talk about a guy that's bought into just being part of the Carolina Hurricane scene, the, you know, the local area, um, you know, and and just being here in, instead of like, this is my first team and I'm going to go somewhere else. Like he's really uh, carved out a nice spot for for himself here. And, and uh, you know, he'll, he'll be a captain down the road if he's, if he's still here. Um, but he's, yeah, he's, he's incredible. And I just, I don't know if there are any other words to, to throw out there. Um, but it's, it's, it's just so much fun to see what he does. Yeah, I agree. He's, I will say that there is something to what I don't like about the lacrosse goal stuff that gets brought up is like, to me, it was holy shit. What a play, right? <laughs> We're all like, wow, that was amazing. Um, and it deserves all the respect in the world. But when it's the only thing that we talk about with him yeah. for months and months and months, I'm like, okay, I get it. It happened. But like, can we move on from it at some point talking about it? Like it's the only thing that he's done because what it does is it chalks it up to, Oh, that's all he did. And then you get people arguing like, oh, it's a hacky way to score, blah, blah, which is a stupid, a stupid argument. But I was like, Andre Svechnikov, that wasn't the best. Like, that was amazing. To me, it wasn't like if I had to put a you know top five highlight reel together, those are definitely on there. But I don't know that it's the it's the most amazing thing I've seen him do. Like, he is that good, you know? So it, it kind of took away when we focused on it so much, it kind of took away from all the other things he does. But I think so that... Actually, I do want to hit on that for a second. The, the, yeah. first, the first one against Calgary, mm-hmm. the thing that gets lost because again, it's a it's a it's a twenty second highlight, right? Like that's yeah. the only context anybody sees it in. The Hurricanes were not going to score a goal any other way. Right. Than yeah. make that play in that time. Um, I, I mean, I, I can't remember the. I'll have to go back and, and look at the shot count and, and and see the stats, but. The Hurricanes were not scoring that, and they were not going to win that game, obviously, because they weren't going to score. And that was necessary in that moment. It was the only play to make at the time, and it was the only way that we were beating the goalie in that game. And and that gets that gets lost, right? Like it's yeah, yeah it's it's a sick highlight, but it wasn't. Hurricanes are up five to nothing, so I'm going to you know try something I've been working on in practice. It was. I'm behind the net. Nobody's open. We put a million shots on goal and none of them have gone in. And this is the only way that we're going to beat this goalie. And and he did it. And and I, to me, that was what was so amazing about that play more so than the skill it took to, to pull it off. Yeah. Well, how about the guts? Like, man, I know a lot of people that could do that. It's, it's really, and this is what a lot of people talk about. Like, yes, it's not the most difficult maneuver in the world to do. Like if you've played hockey for a significant amount of time, you definitely know, plenty of people who can scoop the puck up on their stick like that. Like you can practice it. It's not, but to, to pull it off at that level and to have the guts to do that in an yeah. NHL game, 
is there i mean i've never seen anyone that would be like i would try that in a game that mattered at all like everyone i know even the best players i've played with would net would be like no you don't do that in a game like what are you crazy <laughs> just like the confidence level that's when i that's when i started to be like this kid is he his confidence is off the charts and he's going to be an absolute stud in this league and i think that the coolest thing to see is you know his rookie year obviously rod put him in a sheltered role which i think really helped his his development and you know um, gave him opportunities to not get hung out to dry on the defensive end when he was learning that, but still shine offensively when he could, um, and obviously still put up a bunch of goals. But you saw him have moments where you were like, "Oh, he wants he like he looks like he can take over a game. He just like is getting there." And then last year, you're like, "Oh, he's he's definitely got that ability, and he can do it at, at plenty of times." And then now this year, I'm seeing like, "Oh, Andre Sveshnikov just takes over games. Like that's just." Just what the kid does, he's that good that he is like, we're going to win this game. I think that he's going to be that player for the Hurricanes. And like, I, I can't overstate how lucky they were to pull that number two uh, pick out of that lottery the year that it happened. I mean, yeah, that was a, a, a true legitimate lottery win. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He is just, I mean, I don't, I don't know that we could say anything else. The kid is an absolute star. Um, and when you combine that with like Sebastian Ajo, the fact that we're arguing at some point whether Sebastian Ajo or Andrei Svechnikov are the best player on this team, like those are two outstanding players. So, like, to, that's that's a good spot to be. Um, I don't know that we've ever experienced that as Hurricanes fans before no. or recently. So, um, anything else you any any other random thoughts you have on the team as we as we wrap this guy up, or you know, last impressions you have you want to leave us with? No, I mean it's 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 still early. Um, we're still learning a, a lot about this team, and and you know we went through a a big pause with the off season, and now we we're in another one. So it's almost like when they hit the ice again, whenever that may be, it's it's not going to be. Uh, it, it's like going back to square one, and, and so I'm I'm curious to see if they are improved from the first square one that we saw against against Detroit or do they have to truly reset and uh, and how much of a factor that's going to be for uh for these guys and they're not practicing right now that's another it's another big thing um yeah to to look at and and so you know can they click uh can they play the game that they're supposed to play i think it's a huge advantage that it's basically the same team um because they're not trying to integrate new guys. Uh, you know, yes, yes, we're Foss kind of fits what we do anyway. Um, and, and so that's, that's not even a, a, a heavy, uh, a heavy shift there for, for him or for the hurricanes. And, um, you know, hopefully once we do get the green light to, to go back out and play again, it's not too much of a drop off and, and we'll see them uh, continue to grow and, and get those building blocks because tremendous opportunity being in the central division, and uh and i and i do think the short year benefits us greatly so um you know hopefully hopefully they will take the opportunity that's given to them yeah so you heard it here folks from ben swain we're winning the cup this year is what he just said <laughs> <laughs> thanks man for joining me i really appreciate it and you're busy um thanks for thanks for coming on and chatting with me i, I sincerely appreciate it yeah, um, absolutely. um do you want to you got anything you want to plug before we go uh, no, just uh, check us out on on uh, ninety nine nine the fan uh, every weekday from ten to noon, and uh, you follow us on Twitter at Sports Channel Eight. It's a great show, and follow Ben at the Ben Swain on Twitter, right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right, thanks so much for joining me, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Sure thing.